there is some truth to the devil wears Prada. Gazers, it's your favorite career queen, Taylor. Welcome to season three of Girl Gaze Pod called Tay Talks. We're switching it up this season, so on Wednesdays, we girl gaze. If you're new here, hi. Girl Gaze Pod is for 20 something aspiring career queens by 20 something career queens. Whether we're gazing over a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, we're focusing on two types of journeys this season, career journeys and self-love journeys. Why? COVID-19 has quite literally changed everything from the job market to the way we socialize to how we view the world. Shit kinda hit the fan. So here's where Girl Gaze Pod comes into play. I want every single episode of this season to be a positive part of your day, to inspire you to believe in yourself, to motivate you to get shit done, to instill an unwavering optimistic belief that you will land your dream job, and to invite refreshingly relatable and inspirationally insightful girl and guy gazers onto the pod to share their journeys on how they became career queens and kings. But before we get started, make sure you are subscribed to Girl Gaze Podcasts. Make sure you are following on Instagram at Girl Gaze Pod and also on TikTok. I'm literally on TikTok Live right now. And all of all of these people on the live right now want you guys to subscribe. So also leave a written review if you like this episode. The first journey we're embarking on together is my very own. For those of you who don't know me, here is a little background. I am 23 years old. I live in New York City. I graduated from the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University in May 2019. I majored in magazine journalism and had a minor in marketing and a concentration in fashion and beauty. My main thing during college was that I started a magazine called University Girl, and we had a really great Instagram, a digital website, and one print magazine per semester. And that's really how I applied all of the skills that I learned in my classes to an actual product. And I basically thought when I graduated, I was gonna land a job super easily. During college, I interned at places like Steve Madden and Christina Cuomo's magazine out in the Hamptons. And when I graduated, I had basically spent my second semester senior year networking my literal ass off going to places like Bustle and Hearst and Condé Nast and having networking calls and informational interviews back to back. And I wasn't really worried until I graduated and I did not get a job right away. And if you want to hear more about that, definitely listen to the very, very first episode of season one to find out how I actually landed my job. But I'll skip all of that good stuff and get right to it. So a few months after I graduated, I, of course, was stalking all of the sites to get a job, including Ed2010 and LinkedIn. Finally, one day, I stumbled upon a fashion assistant position at the New York Post. First of all, I was like, hold up, the New York Post has a fashion assistant position? Like, I didn't even know that there was a fashion, like, thing at the New York Post. So anyway, I applied on LinkedIn, as well as their website. 
And then afterward, I went back to LinkedIn and I did a cross search. This is basically like LinkedIn stalking 101. So I looked up everyone who went to Newhouse and everyone who works at the New York Post. And I think about three people popped up. I LinkedIn cold called DM'd all three of them. And one of the people I DM'd answered me in a really timely manner, hopped on the phone with her, asked her to pass my resume along to HR, that HR person happened to also be a Syracuse alum, Newhouse Mafia, what up? And yeah, then I basically got an email for an interview a couple of days later and killed my interviews and got the job. So that's that's the long story short of how I landed my job at the New York Post. So in today's episode, I'm hitting you with 10 major lessons I learned from my first fashion job at the New York Post. But first, let's take a moment to chat about my gaze of the week. Just like previous seasons, I start every episode off with a gaze of the week, which is just a recent thought, realization, or experience I'd like to share with you guys. To preface this gaze, I do just want to mention that I am no longer working at the New York Post. I actually am currently a senior strategist and writer at a creative agency. And before you ask me a million questions about my new job, I will be having a full episode dedicated to why I chose to pivot my career path and how I landed this new job, how I got a promotion to a senior title at the age of 23, all that good stuff. But in the meantime, I wanted to share a message that my boss sent me on Slack the other day. This message was in response to a social media strategy deck that I created for one of our clients, Solid and Striped, which is a beachwear and swimwear company that you may have heard of. And basically what happened was I came up with this idea and Madison, my boss, gave me feedback. And so I made edits and this was her response. This deck on Solid and Striped, fucking genius. I'm blown away by how much you grow and how you listen to feedback. That's an incredible quality of yours. You're so receptive of feedback. You take it with confidence and trust that the feedback is with the intention of pushing you to do the best work because you are capable. Never lose that quality in you, it's special. Not gonna lie, that message made my fucking week (laughs) because I worked my ass off and I took her feedback in a constructive way. And personally, I believe that when you get feedback, even if it's given to you in a derogatory way, which it was not, like from Madison, but I have been given feedback in a very condescending way in the past, (laughs) as I'm sure a lot of people have in fashion. And I don't know, I just feel like I've gotten to a point where I have developed a really thick skin. So when I get feedback, I take it in the most constructive way possible because I believe that feedback will help you improve and you have to be eager to learn. You will never know everything. Even when you are the CEO of this company, TikTok reference, you will still not know everything. And feedback is how you become the best version of yourself. Feedback is how you become a career queen. Like, let's be real. In the past, I definitely have taken feedback personally. And now that I view it in a way that I'm able to grow from, it's totally shifted my perspective on how to grow in a position, which honestly is probably the main reason why I got a promotion so quickly. So overall, gaze of the week, be 
the best way to impress your boss and to make a really freaking great impression, especially if you're starting a new job, is to take feedback, don't complain, but internalize it and don't take it personally and really learn from it and then apply it to everything you do in the future and guarantee that you'll impress your boss by doing this. This actually brings me to one of the very first lessons I learned at the New York Post, which is that there will always be a learning curve when you enter a new role, no matter how qualified you feel. So since I graduated from one of the top communication schools in the country and, you know, I started a magazine, had a lot of experience with writing and interviewing people, I felt really qualified when my boss asked me to interview designers during fashion week and write stories for red carpet events. But there were a lot of things that I didn't know how to do. And it's just something that you have to accept and you have to be super eager to learn and not get overwhelmed really quickly. So when you go in with the mindset of knowing that you don't know everything and knowing that there is definitely gonna be a learning curve with whatever you do and pursue, then that's the mindset that will set you up for success. So the best way to mentally overcome the fact that you will enter a new role not knowing everything is to just go head first and do it. You have to learn along the way and you will fuck up, but that's okay. There's two ways that a new role can go. One is you sink and you get overwhelmed and you have negative self-talk and you don't think that you can do a good job. And the other is you swim. You work hard, you learn, you challenge yourself and you get shit done. So one of the best ways that I learned leads me to my second lesson is to really pay close attention and observe the workflow of your team as well as the workflow between your company and the relationship with other companies. So for me, I had to really recognize what the relationship was between PR and editorial. So here's an example. My very first photo shoot, I had no idea what my role would be because I was basically told that I would only be sample trafficking. And sample trafficking means getting in items and different clothes from the runway and unzipping the garment bags and checking them in to Excel and then hanging them up on the rack and also sending stuff back after they are shot. (laughs) But little did I know, my team was very tiny, so Everything was very, very hands-on. And I remember the very first photo shoot, I did way more than that. The stylist came in to the fashion closet, spoke with me and the other fashion assistant and told us that she wanted our cover star, Regina King, to have a major girl boss power suit moment and told us to begin requesting looks from PR. So little old me, this is like my second week of work, I, I had a million questions flooding my mind. I'm thinking, well, what looks? Well, what brands? Well, what's the contact for all of these PR people? And how do I reach out? What language do I use to reach out? And I started to get a little overwhelmed, but this brings me to my third lesson, which is that it is incredibly important to make work friends on your team who you can confide in and learn from. 
So I got really fucking lucky because the other fashion assistant was extremely seasoned and extremely talented and basically took me under her wing when she definitely could have been a massive bitch. I remember one of my first weeks, I had no idea how to use the phone and remember in that Devil Wears Prada scene where Andy asks the other girl how to use the phone and the other girl was like, ugh, figure it out and was just like being rude. Well, guess what? Same thing happened to me except the other fashion assistant, her name is Nicole. She literally came over and did it for me and showed me how, okay? So that is not typically the norm in the fashion industry, but whenever you start a new role, you have to find someone on your team who knows how everything works, who is not your boss, so you can ask them questions and kind of just follow their lead. So basically everyone needs to find their own Nicole. Nicole basically answered all of my questions, even though I was probably annoying as fuck. But that's really how I learned super quickly because she ended up sending me previous emails and examples of how to reach out to PR people. She's the one who sent me all the fucking contacts for all these people. She's the one who told me that to find the looks, you have to look at VogueRunway.com. And then when I went to VogueRunway.com, I saw that there were a million and one brands <laughs> to look at. So she then told me which brands to prioritize and which ones we usually feature in Alexa. And then when I went back and forth with PR a million times, she told me how often to follow up with them and what to put in the subject heading. And once we confirmed looks, she told me how to send a messenger and how to pack shit up and how to check things in, how to set up racks for a run through because the stylist was extremely particular. <laughs> Literally everything. I was a sponge soaking up information. And this actually brings me to my third lesson, which is that I learned to stay organized. I remember during the first shoot, that Regina King shoot, we had put in requests for so many, probably like a hundred brands, honestly, including runway shoes and jewelry and accessories. And I asked Nicole, I go, how do you remember everyone you reached out to? And how do you remember all the looks that you've confirmed already? Nicole goes, oh, I don't know. It's just all in my head. And I'm like, well, the fuck? <laughs> Uh, it's not all in my head. So I quickly learned that I had to teach myself how to stay organized and that included writing things down. But then I realized, oh gosh, things are getting updated so often. So I pivoted my organization strategy to Google Docs and I set up a whole color coordination system for myself to know who I reached out to, who's getting back to me, who hasn't reached back out to me yet, who I need to follow up with, who confirmed looks with me, which looks are confirmed, and who I already sent a messenger to, who I need to send a messenger to for tomorrow. I mean, it sounds like a total maze when I say it out loud. Please note that not every job will require this intense organization strategy, but Organization is key because if your bosses come to you with a question about what's the update on XYZ or what did this person say about this project, you will always know what to say. You will never say the words, I don't know. And you will never say the words, oh shit, I forgot because everything will be written down. Part two of staying organized is being on top of deadlines because they are real. I remember in Newhouse, most of my uh, 
professors said that if you submitted an assignment late, it would be an automatic zero. And I was like, holy shit, like that's intense. But it's true because if you miss a deadline or if something shows up late to a shoot, then you're fucked. It's as simple as that. If something shows up late or the day after, then it's not included and your boss will probably be kind of pissed off at you. So deadlines, so important, way more important than in school because they're real. And also on top of that is when you figure out which deadlines are approaching quicker than others, then you'll be able to prioritize everything that you have to do. Then this also leads me into lesson number four, which is how to thrive in a fast paced environment. Once you become super organized and you learn how your team operates and the workflow between editorial and PR, whatever other companies your specific team works with out of house, you learn to become super efficient and you start to get into a groove and it will not go unnoticed. You will probably get more opportunities by doing this and you'll definitely impress your boss. So for example, for me, I was really working my ass off and hustling and just showing up every day with a really great attitude. And I got presented with the opportunity to cover Black Friday by writing print articles and online articles. And at this point, I already had a lot of experience with reaching out to PR people. So I had a million contacts at this point. And I also knew how to build web stories and how to pitch stories and how to optimize SEO, keywords, all that good stuff. So I felt really comfortable taking on this new challenge. And I was also working with a new editor, so I was really excited and really just wanted to make a really great impression. This brings me to lesson number five. I think we're on to number five, which is to bring a notebook everywhere. I remember this new editor, her name was Catherine. She slacked me, hey Taylor, can you come to my desk? I want to explain something to you about Black Friday, something like that. And every time I went to her desk, I brought a notebook and I took notes on what she said, whether it was an introductory into a new article that she wanted me to write or a brand that she wanted me to feature or an example that she wanted me to show or feedback to a story that I had submitted. I always took a notebook and I always wrote things down because when you're in the moment, you can definitely hear and internalize and understand things, but you won't always remember everything. So always show up to meetings with a notebook because it will not only impress your boss, but it will also show that you are reliable because you will do everything that they ask because it's all written down so you'll never forget. And by doing so, I really impressed this new editor that I worked with and I made a great first impression. And from there, when I covered red carpet events, she gave me more opportunities to write stories. And when I say cover red carpet events, I do not mean literally physically dressing up and going to the red carpet events and being like, Aaron Lim or whoever from E! News and interviewing people. But I mean, I go to the office at like 6 p.m. I think on Sunday for whether it was the Oscars, the Golden Globes, the VMAs, whatever. And me, the fashion team and the features team, I believe would, and the video team would sit in a conference room and we would get pizza and salad and like soda or whatever and we'd watch the red carpet to see what everyone's wearing or if anything really newsworthy happens. And 
During that time, I would bring my notebook and take notes on who was wearing what, because usually when people get interviewed, they say what designer they're wearing. And I would write down like everyone's look that was my favorite. So for my very first red carpet event that I covered, I wrote captions and captions for the New York Post. These go in print and I basically just I'm given images and I have to write short, witty, punchy captions for print based on the image that includes the celebrity's name and the designer. And I had to write a shit ton. Honestly, I don't even remember the number of captions that I had to write, but I was given a lot of photos. I didn't get to choose who was featured, I guess like the features editor did. And I had to probably write like over 50 captions in two hours. And sometimes figuring out which designer a celebrity is wearing was super challenging. It was like I had to do investigations on Google and Instagram to figure out what designer uh, everyone was wearing. So that's another reason why it was definitely a challenge to be efficient. But I will say as I continued to show up and work hard and learn, whether it was for red carpet events where we also had to do captions for fashion week, I definitely saw myself improving a lot. And also just by the way, the turnaround is super quick because the newspaper comes out daily. So if the Golden Globes were on Sunday night and they end at like, what, 11.30 they end, then we go to print at like midnight or like one in the morning or whatever. So I'd be at the office from 6 p.m. I think the latest I've been there is like 1.30 in the morning. So, and other people were still there after me. So that's the main reason why we have to get it done the night of because it hits the printer and then hits the streets the next day. So that's what I did for my very first red carpet coverage. And then for the second one, me and the other fashion assistant ended up splitting the captions. And then I also got the opportunity to write a story. It was like the hottest couples at whatever red carpet event it was. And that assignment was actually given to me by the editor that I impressed during the Black Friday thing that I did. It just comes to show that when you impress people and when you work hard, they will give you more opportunities. Another thing that I did to show that specific editor who was very nice to me that I wanted more opportunities is I was super eager and proactive in literally just flat out telling her that I want to write more stories. I tried to pitch stories to her. And even if they didn't necessarily match the voice of the New York Post, I still did not get discouraged. And I basically just let it be known that I wanted to do more and that I was super eager. Now, this worked for this specific editor because she was extremely receptive to my eagerness. But I will say, and this brings me to lesson number six, is that you will not get along with everyone you work with, whether these are people who are your level or your bosses or people from different departments. And learning to work with people who you don't get along with is a massive, massive skill that you need to master. You will run into this at every single place you work, whether this is a group project or whether this is a club or if this is in real life. Especially now, I feel like jobs 
are so unconventional. So a lot of people, in my opinion, who want to work in the communications field will end up freelancing or maybe having multiple jobs at once. So uh, learning how to work with all types of people is crucial to success. And just knowing that you won't love everyone you work with, but that's okay. When you take a look at the show, oh, what's that show? It's about people who work at Cosmo, oh, the bold type. It seems like everyone loves everyone there, right? You, they have the three best friends working in different departments and they always go to the fashion closet that looks spotless and like so chic. And yeah, no, like that's that's not typical. And the editor in chief is like so nice and so <laughs> supportive of everyone and like giving everyone opportunities and not being condescending to anyone. That is definitely not the norm, at least not what I personally experienced. Although I will say there was definitely a huge sense of camaraderie in the fashion closet between me, the other fashion assistants and the interns as well. Like love them all to death. They made my experience like worthwhile. Um, But yeah, just know that when you enter your job, it's not gonna be all butterflies and rainbows, which brings me to uh, what are we on? The seventh, I think. The seventh lesson is that there is some truth to the devil wears Prada. Very quickly, if you work in fashion PR or an editorial, you will most likely be put into your place. You will sometimes be a punching bag. You will sometimes have to bite your tongue if you're blamed for something that wasn't your fault. You will sometimes be asked to do something that you don't want to do and say yes with a smile on your face. And sometimes you will be put down. Sometimes you will be told really condescending comments to your face. And the most important lesson here is to keep your head up. Don't let your bosses or anyone make you doubt yourself. You got this job for a reason and As long as you're trying your best, that's honestly the only thing that you can do. And if your bosses or someone at the workplace is really just still bringing you down, then it's something to think about and really analyze because you may find yourself in a really toxic work environment. And if you do, it's really, really tough and it will take a toll on your mental health. So that's definitely something to really pay attention to, especially once you've been at a place for over six months. But I will say this brings me to lesson number eight, which is the importance of never burning bridges. Even if your boss is a major fucking bitch, be nice to her, rise above, be the bigger person because Honestly, she probably, or he, has pull in the industry and we're new, we're assistants. We have to eat shit sometimes. It's just the nature of the business. And although it's kind of fucked up sometimes, it's just what we have to do. And burning bridges is a serious no-no. Make sure you think before you speak, make sure you think before you send emails, and most importantly, If you were to leave a position, make sure to leave on good terms with your bosses. So I actually have an anecdote here. When I left the New York Post to switch jobs, I emailed everyone who had a positive impact on my time there. 
And I chose to not email one of my bosses who consistently put me down and made me feel like I didn't belong there, who also made me feel like I was going to get fired a lot of the times. Uh, And yeah, so I did not email her until recently. I actually felt like I was finally able to let go of all of the negative emotions that she caused and I sent her an email actually and and I thanked her for everything that she did and I told her that how much I learned and how much of an integral role she played as being a part of my first job out of college and I did not get a response nor do I think I will but I feel at ease because I officially feel like I didn't burn bridges with anyone at my first job. Okay, getting real here. So lesson number eight is to learn the importance of keeping your cool in tough situations. Whether this tough situation is brought on by a boss being mean to you or a coworker being mean to you or having a really tight deadline or making a mistake or fucking up like big time, it's so important to remain calm and to remain solution oriented. So if you make a mistake and your boss gets pissed off at you, it's okay. Everyone makes mistakes, especially if this is your first job out of college or an internship or if this is a new position, it's normal. But I wanna let you know now, you don't always have to say sorry. So instead of saying sorry if you make a mistake, you can say, well noted, in the future I will X, Y, Z. Always take ownership, say like, thank you for pointing this out. I will make sure that this never happens again. Never get defensive, that's another thing. Um, Accept that you made a mistake, and even if the mistake was not yours, but you're getting blamed for it by a superior, don't go on and blame anyone else, just eat shit. It's your job, you're an assistant or you're an entry-level position, so it's bound to happen, and fix it. So I have another story for you guys. I was in charge of pulling all the jewelry for an Italian-themed Alexa issue. And when you're dealing with jewelry, it's a lot of money. So there's a lot of contracts involved and it's just like way more high stress because nothing can, like you have to handle jewelry so delicately and just getting all the jewelry here it's just it, there's such a big liability when it comes to jewelry so anyway after busting my butt to get a lot of jewels into the fashion closet my team wanted to hold on to a bunch of the jewels for longer because the shoots were going on for probably about two to three weeks And I was in contact, daily contact, with a lot of PR people. And it was an oversight that I forgot to tell one of the PR people that we wanted to hold on to a few of their designs. And all of a sudden, my boss walks in and gets very angry at me because she got an email from the PR person who skipped over me and basically blamed me and was like, where's our jewelry? And she was freaking out to my boss, which, I just like could not believe that she just wouldn't ask me like this girl literally had my phone number and she could have just picked up the phone and called me and asked where the jewelry was, which it was safely in the fashion closet. But anyway, 
I got in big trouble and I got really scared because that was like the first big fuck up I had made in my job. And this was only, I think, a month in. So I was like, oh my God, am I going to get fired? Blah, blah, blah. But guess what? I snapped right out of it because immediately when something happens like that, you have to fix it. There is no time to waste. So also it was the intern's fault, but you can't blame an intern because at the end of the day, it falls on you. So basically right after that, we became very solution oriented and we sent back the jewels and I reached out and, you know, explained the situation. And I apologized profusely because that's what you have to do to PR so that you don't ruin your relationship. And we moved on and it's fine. As an assistant, it was my job to put out the fire before it got to my boss or before my boss even found out. So she shouldn't have ever known, but it was a really important lesson for me to learn because you always have to be one step ahead. And it also showed me that communication is extremely important, especially when you're dealing with a lot of jewelry that's worth a lot of money. Okay, lesson number nine is that you will not love every part of your job. Hopefully as an assistant, you'll get some opportunities or an entry level position. You'll get to do things that are really awesome and that you genuinely want to do, but there will always be things when you are an assistant that you will definitely not want to do. But as an assistant, you have to remember that you are not above any sort of task and yeah you just you're gonna have to eat shit sometimes and you're gonna have to suck it up and smile when you do it for example when our interns were not in one day i had to make a million and one trips down to the messenger center to pick up a lot of last minute deliveries for a run through that i had with my boss and so the entire day I was going down the elevator and then down the escalator to pick up a million garment bags and then had to go all the way back up, check them all in myself and then hang them up on the rack and then do that all over again, probably 10 times, I think. Definitely a real Anne Hathaway moment. Did I want to do that? Hell no. Did I do it with no complaints? Yes. So it just comes with the territory of being in an entry level position. And also when you start from the bottom, it honestly really humbles you. And finally, my 10th lesson that I learned is that your first job is just a launching pad into your career. So wherever you land, even if it's not your dream job or your dream company, make sure that you get as much out of it as possible. I was a sponge and I took in everything and I was trying to get as many opportunities as possible. The amount of stories I pitched that were denied, I mean, come on. And I did not get discouraged and I just worked hard and tried to prove myself. And honestly, looking back now, I got so many opportunities. And even though sometimes I may have not been treated in the best way possible, which honestly is pretty much the norm for anyone who wants to enter the fashion industry, but there was a lot of glamor. I got a lot of free gifts and goodies and beauty stuff and, and clothes. And I got to sit front row at Fashion Week and I got all, I got a bunch of articles published in print and I got to interview celebrities and I was rubbing shoulders with all these amazing fashion editors and, yeah, I mean, honestly, overall, your first job out of college 
just be super eager to learn. And wrapping it all back around to my gaze of the week is take feedback constructively because it's only meant to push you further. Okay, so my dog, I got a puppy by the way, an update, her name is Luna, and she is crying right now, but she wants to go out on the terrace. So uh, I'm gonna go, but I hope that this was super helpful. These are the 10 lessons that I learned from working at the New York Post. And the next episode is about my very first week at the New York Post. And I talk about everything that I did in regards to Fashion Week and how I got my first article published in print, which was a pinch me moment. And yeah, but before I head out, I always have a gaze goal of the week. So my gaze goal of this week, hmm. I need to get back into working out. Honestly, I've been really fucking bad at it. So yeah. And before you guys head out, thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited to go on this season three journey with you. Make sure that you are subscribed. Leave a five-star written review if you enjoyed this episode. And also follow along at Pod and at Taylor Bradford on Instagram. And also hit me with that follow on TikTok. I got a lot of good career advice on there. It's at Pod. Okay, I'll see you guys next Sunday. Bye. Oh my God, it's not even on Sundays anymore. (laughs) I'll see you guys next Wednesday because on Wednesdays we girl gaze. (laughs) Bye.